so in um, Acts chapter 10, Peter like summarizes Jesus's ministry in like such a powerful way. I want to show it to you that he, I mean, he just like, like just, it's the most power to me. It's just a powerful summary of what Jesus came to do. And here it is in Acts 10. It just says, um, you know, what has happened throughout Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Isn't that powerful? And, and so, I mean, if you look at that, put that back up for just a minute, if you would. Peter was describing Jesus' ministry. Look at it. His ministry was to bring healing. Amen? To bring healing from all the people who are under the power. And this, this Greek word for power is the word that you and I would understand oppressed, harassed, or oppressed. In 1 John, we're given the very reason why Jesus came, and it says this in 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's works. Isn't that a great summary? So, so evidently, I mean, Jesus came to kick some demon butt. I mean, that's my takeaway. So we, we know the devil's works to steal, kill, destroy, talks about oppressing us. But one day, Jesus walked into a synagogue. Um, I've been there in, in Nazareth. And he took the scroll of Isaiah and he opened it up. And he was telling us, hey, here's what my ministry is going to be about. And he said, here it is, to preach good news to the poor. He's anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim, hear this, freedom for the oppressed, same Greek word, oppressed, freedom from the oppressed, for the oppressed, or freedom for the prisoner, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set the oppressed free. Come on. Jesus' ministry is to bring freedom to us, to bring healing to us, freedom from oppression. You know, Jesus likes to get people out of their prisons they've got themselves in. Amen? That's what he likes to do is get us out of prisons that we've got ourselves in. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 14 because I want you to set your own eyes on this. So in the context, Jesus has just healed a man who could not hear and he couldn't talk because the Bible says that he had an unclean spirit that kept him from hearing and from talking. And it says that Jesus just set him free, healed him. And the people who saw it, now check this out. The people who saw it accused Jesus of, of using Satan's power to cast out this demon. And Jesus explained how foolish that was. That a, that a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. And then he says this. I know you've seen this, but have you seen this? Jesus is describing his ministry again. Check it out. In verse 20 of Luke 11, it says, but if I drive out demons 
by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. I I don't know if you're like tracking with what this verse is saying, but Jesus is saying that Satan is the strong man, but that Jesus is the stronger man who attacks and over... This is before MMA. I mean, look at this. This sounds very MMA-ish. Jesus said, but when someone stronger, speaking of himself attacks and overpowers him, he takes the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Jesus was telling us, hey, here's my ministry. Satan, he's a strong man, but I'm stronger, and I've come to attack him, to overpower him, to take away his armor, and to plunder him for you. Come on. Yeah, if you want like just a memory, just put MMA by that passage right there. And so, you know, we've, we've kind of reduced the good news down to, you know, Jesus will save your, your soul or your spirit, and that's good. But Jesus didn't come just to forgive us of sin. He came to deliver us from the destructive power of the enemy, guys. He came to overpower the strong man that's messing with you. And, and so, he, this is his mission, he sees the strong man messing with you, and he's like, i got to overpower him. I've got to attack him. There's a word that we, that we get, and it's, it's this word salvation, but we've reduced it. Salvation means more than just, you know, my sins are forgiven. There's deep theology to this word salvation. Um, it means deliverance. Spirit, soul, mind, and body deliverance. In fact... Isaiah prophesied what Jesus' ministry would look like. And here it is on the screen, Isaiah 53, verse 4. You know this passage, but listen to it again. And I, I, I broke down two Hebrew words for you. It says, surely he took up our pain, which in the Hebrew means koli, which, mean, which is malady, sickness, disease, and he bore our suffering, which in the Hebrew is makubah, which is not just like... Um, one kind of suffering, it's physical suffering, mental suffering, emotional suffering, spiritual sorrow or affliction. And yet we considered him punished of God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And let's, let's read this out loud. And by his wounds, we are healed. And so I'm here to tell you that Jesus' cross, blood, resurrection, was not just for your soul or your spirit, but was, was for your spirit, soul, mind, and body to be totally, completely delivered and freed. Amen? In fact, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says it this way. Like, it, like God's like, man, I am all about all of you. I care about your mind, I care about your body, I care about your spirit. I'm about all of you. And so look at this passage. It says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through your whole, say it out loud, your whole spirit, soul, which in the Greek is mind and body, be kept guarded. 
I love that. I love, like, I wish we could see into the unseen realm how much Jesus beats up the enemy for us. I'd like to see that. But he's like about guarding your, Jesus is about guarding your heart. Jesus is about guarding your mind and guarding your body. That's what it says here. And so the good news is that God's redemption is for the whole, the whole person. Um, I live in a, a city, um, next to a city, um, Arlington, Texas. I'm in Fort Worth. But talked to an Arlington police uh, officer, and he said the number one call they receive now in the city of Arlington is for mental health or mental crisis. That's the number one response that they, when, when, they, when they go. It's, that's the number one issue, mental distress. So isn't it good that Jesus died for that? Come on, somebody. Isn't it good that Jesus died for our minds? Someone write this down. No part of me is off limits to him. Come on. And so one of the things the Bible actually shows us is that our adversary, I'm not just bringing this stuff up. This is, this is just his word. But, I mean, we've already looked at the scriptures. I mean, he came to heal us from the works of the enemy, the oppressive works of the enemy, to deliver us. And, and so what we see is that Satan actually has oppressive power over people's minds and bodies. How many remember the story of the woman in Luke 13 who was bent over? You remember that story? Um, and here, here it is, Luke 13, verse 10, it says, on the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit. Some trans, there, there it is. So he was crippled by a spirit for, for how many years? 18 years, and she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And I think it's hard for us to kind of figure that out, but, but somehow the enemy has the ability to affect people's minds and bodies according to the word. And it said that she was bent over by this spirit for 18 years. You know, the Bible doesn't say that she knew it was the enemy. She could have thought it was some, like, hereditary thing or her DNA or some trauma. It doesn't say that she even knew that it was the enemy that had bent her over. But I love it. You know, this is sad, too. But a lot of people can go to church and not know that the enemy is oppressing them. I mean, she, she kept going to church for 18 years, bent over, maybe not knowing it was a spirit, an, an, a demonic spirit. And I think it's sad that we can go to church and come and go, and the enemy is still oppressing us. Well, you remember the story, right? Jesus just lays his hand on her and says, woman, you are free from your infirmity. You are loosed. And he delivered her, Jesus delivered her from this demonic presence, the enemy, and then she was healed and it said she just stood up straight. That's what Peter preached. Jesus came to heal us from the oppressive activity of the enemy. Amen? And so the Bible reveals that the devil is behind actually a lot of the oppression in our minds that we feel and in our bodies. In fact, the Bible describes the enemy's work in our lives as tormenting. I know a lot of people, especially younger generation people who describe like, like anxiety, severe anxiety, depression, and I feel like what I'm hearing is they're, they're being tormented. 
right? They're being tormented by the enemy. Remember that story of the, the guy that was chained up in the cemetery and he was possessed and then Jesus delivered him and sent the, the demons into, you know, a bunch of pigs. Remember that? Well, I love this part of it, like the best. In Luke eight twenty nine. it just says, when they came to Jesus, they found the man whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet. Look at this. Dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. <laughs> I think the world is afraid if we're dressed in our right minds. Because we stand out so weird to people in the world if we are dressed in our right minds. But you know what? I want you to see this. That's a picture of what Jesus does for us. He dresses us in our right minds. Amen. And so I want you to see this, though. Do you know what I believe the greatest source of attack of the adversary is? Is on our minds. It's like that's where he launches his assault is, is on our minds. And I'm grateful that Jesus' ministry is to my mind to dress me in my right mind. Amen. And so what I want to do just briefly is I want to just want un unmask like one tactic, one, like the main strategy of the enemy. Um, we're told by, by Paul that we're not supposed to be, like we're supposed to be, un we're not supposed to be unaware of Satan's schemes. But I think too many Christians are unaware. In fact, don't feel bad if you're unaware because Peter was. Jesus came to Peter and said, um, hey, let's don't put those up yet. Not yet. Wait, hold on. Everybody's like, oh, let's check this out. I want to explain it. Um, Jesus came to Peter. He didn't know and, and said, um, Peter, Satan's asked to sift you like wheat. Peter had no clue that that was Satan's tactic. Remember what it was that he was trying to sift? His faith. And Jesus said, but I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And so I think a lot of people are, are unaware. And so I, I want to give you like a, a snapshot of, of my experience in ministry of, of the, the scheme of the enemy. And then I, so now I want you to check this out. This, this would be like his schemes, what I've seen growing, like my, my whole ministry. Satan likes to attack us in innocence. Like he seems to attack in childhood or new beginnings or new believers. I mean, literally when our son got leukemia, we were in the hospital and I heard a voice of the enemy, like in my spirit say, I'm going to kill your son and I'm going to destroy your church. He's after the new things, the, the, the new beginnings, the childhood. The second thing is that Satan's... Um, schemes is often he attacks through life trauma, like an accident or misfortune or a loss or death, physical or emotional pain or infirmity, relational hurt or betrayal. He likes to come in and attack us in that trauma. Third way is he always attacks through doors that we leave open by sin or disobedience or rebellion. If we're not operating in obedience and operating in what we heard, holiness, it's like he just has a heyday on us. But look at the last one. This is the one I want to kind of target is Satan sets up strongholds, and this is how he works. I just wanted to help you with this. 
by getting us to agree with a lie, something that's contrary to the truth. That's, that's it. That's really what he does to our minds is the enemy comes and he lies to us. How many know he's called the deceiver? In, in John eight forty four, Jesus actually calls him the father of what? Lies. He actually says his native language is lying. Um, Jesus said there's no truth in him. In fact, we were taught when our son was going through leukemia that whatever we heard from the enemy, just take the opposite and that would be the truth. So if, if the enemy said your son's going to die, we would say, oh, he's going to live then. Come on, someone. You tracking? Just take the opposite. If he's a liar, take the opposite. And so here's how he works, all right? He tries to introduce, this is how the enemy works. He tries to introduce thoughts into your mind. And they sound reasonable most of the time. Even true, but they aren't the truth. And when you agree, like you agree with that lie, it, it begins to establish a stronghold in your mind of agreement where literally the enemy is given access to begin to mess with you and operate in, in your life because of that agreement. That's the only real power the enemy has over you and I as Christians and believers is if he lies and we agree, it's an area of deception he sets up in our lives and it's, it creates bondage. Um, I, was, I was ministering in Alabama at this prayer uh, uh, a conference and like I would it's like God was moving but I kept my eyes kept going to this lady and and she looked so depressed I mean she looked so heavy and it just like like I would actually have to minister not looking at her because it depressed me and, and so anyway the, the the conference was over and I was in the the back and everyone had left but her and, and she came up to me with this heavy, just, just darkness on her. And, and I actually had to ask her, I said, sister, what, what's going on? I said, you just look so heavy. So, so there's such, such a, an oppression on you. And she said, she started telling me how she lost her son to cancer. And I, I can get that, man. There was a lot of grief there. And then she said she heard this. She heard, she said, I heard it in my heart. If I had just had more faith that my son would not have died. And there was no one left in the room, just me and her. And, and her husband was standing there. And you could tell he was like needing me to help her because he couldn't help her anymore. And I looked at her and I said, you know that God would never talk to you like that. Like he, like he never uses language of fear or shame or condemnation. And she goes, he doesn't? I go, no. I said, so that wasn't God. That was the enemy. And, and in just a few minutes, I prayed for her. We broke that lie off. And all of a sudden, I'm not joking with you, this joy exploded in her. And she had this amazing smile on her face. All by just identifying that one lie that she believed, she was free. And I'm on uh, Facebook with her. And every now and then, I, I'll just pop into her message. I'll say, how are you doing? And she says, I'm just so good. I have so much joy. I have so much peace. The enemy got defeated. He got defeated in her life. And so here's the thing. We have a thousand thoughts every day. But the only ones that have power over you and I are the ones we agree with. And so you and I, guess what? In all those thousand thoughts, there's a lot of demon thoughts, and there's a few Jesus thoughts, and I've got to sift all the demon thoughts, and I've got to get the Jesus thoughts. 
Because if I don't, you know, what the, you know what a stronghold basically is? Is a lie that you've believed long enough and agreed with long enough. It becomes a stronghold in your life to where the enemy is allowed to operate and deceive and start taking ground. And, and so you know how you know if you're already in some kind of an agreement with a lie is, is that you'll begin to have these dominating, controlling, harassing levels of some things like confusion, doubt, unbelief, fear, hopelessness, relational strife, division, or some sinful behavior. That's how you know, like if it's just pervasive, if it's just every now and then a thought, probably not a stronghold, but if it has this pervasive control on you, it's a, it's a stronghold from a lie that you believed. The Bible tells us that actually Satan, I mean, what a, what a, what a terrible job description he has, but it says he, he, he accuses you and I before the father day and night. What a terrible life. And his accusations are lies that he's throwing at us. So, so there was this guy that texted me during the pandemic that I hadn't seen in like two years. And, um, and man, he, like, I'd, I'd done a ministry up in Illinois, and this guy's name is Kevin. By the way, anyone I talk about, I ask for permission to share their stuff, okay? And so he texted me this. And I'm going to read what he texted because I want you to hear this. And I know you're saying, I'm never texting Pastor Corey because he'll read it publicly. But I, but I got permission. And so here's the text I got. This is last year, a year ago right now. He goes, I know it's been a long time since we've been in the same room, but I do think of you often. These past few years have been difficult. I just yesterday remembered you said that Liz and I would be church planters, and now I'm not even in the church. I still watch online, but I'm completely disconnected. I'm also dealing with serious health problems. I was diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis and am still struggling to get medication that works. Some days I can hardly walk and have psoriasis in my ears to the point that I can't hear as well as, and, and I have it on my eyes where I can't see. I would appreciate your prayers. Love, Kevin. And so I'm, I'm like in a whole new phase of my life the last two years. Anyone text me something like that, I never go, I'm praying for you. Never. People don't get off the hook that easy with me anymore. This is what I texted back. I said, I'd like you to do something for me, Kevin. I sense this is from the Lord. Can you spend time today asking the Lord to reveal to you anything, anything at all that would be a source of separation between you and Jesus? Listen intently to what Jesus says to you. You may not know or may even, may, may not, I said you may not know or you may think you know, but sincerely ask Jesus to reveal to you what the blocks are. If you'll do that and write down what you hear and you're willing to share these things with me, I'll pray with you for healing and freedom. I mean, it wasn't like an hour later and he texts back. I've let my frustration and disappointment over my financial situation overwhelm me. I put what I want from my life above what he wants. Aren't you grateful I didn't just pray for him? Because it wouldn't have done any good, really. We got to get to the root, don't we, guys? So he says, I've let my frustration, disappointment over my financial situation overwhelm me. I put what I want from my life above what he wants. I'm mentally and physically exhausted, and I've been self-medicating with alcohol. 
And so that night we, we talked and I began to walk him through deliverance. Every lie that he agreed with and believed, we just one by one. Do you know the main lie that he heard from the enemy? This lie was, I, I can't seem to get ahead financially. You know, I asked him, I said, man, where's that in the Bible? That wasn't from the Lord. And then I asked him this. I said, Kevin, I said, when did that psoriatic arthritis strike you, afflict you? He goes, same month I quit church and working two jobs. That's when I got it. And so I started walking him through deliverance. To just be, I said, if there's a lie, just renounce it. Just tell me what it is and we'll agree. We'll confess it. We'll cast it to the feet of Jesus. And we did. And at the very end, I said this. And I'm not like this kind of guy. So when it came out of my mouth, I was a little bit surprised. I said, Kevin, he said, I said, are you free now? Is your heart free of all these lies? He goes, yeah, I'm clean, man. I said, all right, you ready to be healed? And if you know me, that's not me. In fact, I wanted to take it back. But I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, now that you've delivered him from the, from this, from the, from the, from the enemy's oppression, I pray you'll begin to heal him of this psoriatic arthritis. And no joke, he said, I said, man, do you feel anything? He said, listen, pastor, I couldn't see the wall across the room, but when you prayed, the skin, the psoriatic arthritis started falling from my eyes, and now I can see the wall. Come on. When God delivers us, come on, someone. When he delivers us, there's healing. So, so this, I said, wow, that's awesome. And then I was like, Whoo, thank you, Jesus. And, and so I said, now listen, this is what I've learned. Now do the next thing you hear Jesus tell you to do. And so he told me, he said, he went to his wife, he got on his knees and he said, honey, I have been a terrible leader of this home. Forgive me for how I've been leading this home. And so he repented to her. And, and then he told me, he said, he tried to give up alcohol for Lent that year. He, and, he, and, he, and he lasted one day. But we were back at Lent again. And he said, so far, Pastor Corey, I'm on like a 10 days. I have no desire for that alcohol. I'm completely delivered from the alcohol. Come on, somebody. And then he got in the car that Sunday morning and sat there. I said, hey, listen, don't worry about going to church. Just get in the car and say, Jesus, take us to church. And so they drove to a church and they went in and he was sitting there and the psoriatic arthritis made it hard for him to hear. And so in the middle of the sermon, he's hearing the, the word for the first time in like a year or two. And all of a sudden he, he, he tilts his head and, and this big thing of, of gloppy skin falls out of his ear. And he can hear clearly. He took a picture and sent it to me, and I deleted it. I, I, I went looking for it so I could show people, and, and my wife goes, don't show anybody that. That's, that's not something to show people. And in a few weeks, no joke, delivered from the lies, restored with his family, repairing stuff with his father, and I, I texted him about two or three weeks later, and I said, man, how are you doing, Kevin? He goes, no psoriatic arthritis. It's not in my body. It's not in my joints. 
I'm, I'm healed. I believe that Jesus, when he can deliver our spirits and our minds from the oppression, then he can touch our bodies in a way that heals us. Come on, I believe it. And you know what it takes? It takes you and I detecting what the truth is. How many know that Jesus never said that the truth will set you free? He never said that. He said, if you know the truth, look at that verse. Jesus says, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But look at the first part up there. If you hold to my teachings, you know what that word hold is? It's the same word that Jesus says in John 15. If you abide in me, if you abide in my word, if you abide in my love, can I give you like a modern example of of that word abiding? This is my phone in my hand, and this is how a lot of people abide right here. And I believe that's why we have a lot of agreements that aren't from God is because we're doing this too much. We should be doing this more. Come on, somebody. So, so we have to abide in his word long enough to know the truth. And when we know the truth, come on, the enemy can't set up any lies in our lives. Remember when David committed adultery and his repentance in Psalm 51? Remember what he came to? He said, you desire truth in my innermost being. Evidently, the reason why he committed adultery is there was no, in that part of his life, there was a lie rather than truth in the innermost part of his being. How many love Dan Bohai here? Yeah, he's He's awesome. Dan, Dan's come to our church many times, and Dan came last year in February, and he shared some stuff like this about strongholds, things that we can buy into and believe. And I, want, I want you to see these lists of strongholds. He shared this with our church, but in Scripture, there, there's actually like, there's a, probably more, but there's 16 strongholds in the Bible. You know what these all are? These are all lies that we believe. Pride um, is a strong, it's like unteachable, self-focused, arrogant, jealousy, division, rivalry, rivalry, not being able to celebrate the successes of others, fear, um, fear of man, unbelief, bondage, orphan spirit, addictions, father wounds, divination, which we know is witchcraft, error, Forms of godliness or spirit of religion. Um, Perversion, lust of all kinds, sexual sins, seduction, flattery, performance-based, harlotry, never satisfied. Harlotry is never satisfied, allured by the world. Antichrist spirit, which which is the denial of Jesus. Stupor, this is interesting. Stupor comes against the prophetic rejects the spirit's conviction a lot. Infirmity is a pervasive fixation on your physical hypochondriac. Death and dumb is mental. It can be mental illness, bipolar, schizophrenia, death, suicide, fixation on sickness, death, dying, dead dreams, heaviness. So Dan's, Dan's sharing this at my church, and I'm looking at those, and I'm going, all right, I'm pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. 
And then it gets to heaviness. And he described heaviness, and I started sinking in my chair because I thought he was looking at me. Because it was hopeless, low self-esteem, emotional deadness, self-pity, depressed, oppressed, mother wounds. And I'm like, dude, who told him? And I recognized that I had actually been operating for about a year with this, this spirit of heaviness on me. This, I, I'd agreed with something about myself, and, and it brought this heaviness. And so in the middle of all this, and we're just going to leave this up here, um, there was this girl in our church, again, permission, her name is Samantha, and um, the reason why I have to bring the papers is because I can't even keep up with how much stuff is. So this girl, Samantha, said she looked up there and she saw that, that she was operating in 12 of the 16 things. At least 12 of those were in her life in some way or another, in some kind of oppressive way. And I didn't even know this about her, man. She goes to my church, and she said that she was under the, the, the like, no, numerous doctors were, were in her life, specialists, and, and she was diagnosed. I had to write this down because I, I couldn't keep up with it. Autoimmune disease, fibromyalgia, ADHD, sleep disorder, PTSD, severe depression, anxiety. She was on 19 medications. Nothing helped. She was on Adderall, Ambien, muscle relaxers, pain pills, and she recognized that she was operating and like almost like a spirit of death was on her. And um, no joke, Dan says, if you have any of these that you're operating and you can feel these lies and they're, they're strongholds, I want you to stand and, I'm, and we're gonna just renounce them, repent of them, break agreement with them. And she did, she stood and she broke agreement with every single one of those that went in her life. The, the next day, that night, he, he, he was going to pray for healing because this is what happens when we get free of that stuff. And she said, she said, when she started renouncing these things and repenting, God, like God gave her some freedom like she'd never felt before. <laughs> and so she comes to church that night and he says, who, who has a like really bad, terrible pain in your neck. In fact, you're going to have to have surgery. And he had no idea that Samantha had these disc issues and she was going to have to have surgery. And she just jumped up and came down. All he did is he just laid his hand on her, on her neck and just said, Jesus, we pray your healing on her. And as she started walking back to her seat, she starts jumping and shouting and doing somersaults, things that she could never do before because all of that chronic pain left her. I want to tell you about Samantha today. 19 medications are gone. She's totally free and delivered. We even had her come up on the stage and do a somersault because she couldn't do a somersault since she was a child. It reminds me of Acts chapter 3 when the man was healed. He began to jump and shout and praise God. Come on, that's church, folks. So let me ask you this. As you look up there, what do you see? 
What I'm asking tonight is, is that I believe, I'm hearing this prophetically, I've heard this from other people, that we're going to enter a time where Jesus brings mass deliverance to his church so that we can be a bride that's free, come on, free from the bondage, free from the lies, so that we can actually operate in health and healing and wholeness, amen, and actually be used by God to bring deliverance to others. But how can we do that if we're not delivered? Look at this passage on the screen, Revelation 12. It just says this. I'm seeing this with actually new eyeballs. Do you know how we overcome, guys? Let's read it out loud. Through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I believe that's going to be passages we live on at the end. Let's put it back to the, the 16 strongholds. I believe the blood of the lamb is what's going to set people free tonight. So it's a good thing we took communion. And you know what it is, though? It doesn't say by the thought of our testimony. It says by the word of our testimony. We're going to overcome when we start declaring, you know what? I'm free from the lies. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. And I want to ask you this. I'm going to put one last slide up about how to be delivered from Satan's lies. Let me just ask you this. Just, just could we even bring the lights down a little bit? And I want prayer people just to get ready. If there's a lie, and maybe even a keyboardist to come up and help me. Can we get a worshiper up here? Let me just ask you this right now. I want to pray for healing at the end. But let's start right now with this. If there's a lie that God's beginning to identify, something that you've agreed with, and you're like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this having a, some kind of an oppressive control over my life. I want you to stand right now. Just stand right where you are and come down and fill the front. Come on down. We're going to break agreement with lies tonight. Amen, church? Come on. Come on. Don't stay where you are. Don't stay in the junk. Come on, church. Just press in as close as you can so intercessors can stand behind you. I'm not going to do this fast because Jesus, he's going to heal some people in a slow and methodical way tonight. I really believe that. And so Jesus, right now, we're just going to ask you, help us identify the lie that we've agreed with. And so right now, just just... Just Jesus, help me to see what it is. I knew right away when Dan was talking that I had agreed with this, this oppressive heaviness. But for some, it could be pride. For some, it could be harlotry. It could be lying. It could be perversion. It could be death. Stupor. Error. And you're just like, come on, Jesus. You didn't come for me to stay in this way this place you came to, to to heal me like peter preached to heal jesus came to heal us from the oppressive works of the enemy to heal our minds to deliver us from his lies and so i'm going to just give you this time if you're just like jesus help me to identify it whatever it is just i want to be clear because I got clear. I said, Lord, I know I've agreed with heaviness. And you know what the lie for me was? I was comparing myself to other pastors. 
and I could never measure up. In that simple lie of agreement that I just wasn't measuring up brought heaviness. And so Jesus, show us what it is right now. Second thing, just right now, if, you get, if God's made it clear, then just say, Lord, I confess this lie to you. I confess that I've agreed with it. And I desire to be free. Just tell him, I confess that I've agreed with this lie and I desire to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free from this oppressive harassment of the enemy. I want to be free in my mind. And so just confess it. Or this is what I know I've agreed with. And I want to be free. And right now, just, just begin and just say, Lord, and now I repent. I, I repent of the sin and the stronghold that has come in my life. Just repent of it. it just, Jesus preached repentance. Repentance is how we get out and get free from whatever it is that's in bondage. So just say, Lord, I repent of my agreement. I repent of the sin that's come out of this. Because, you know, there's usually a, a sin that results of, a, of believing the lie. For me, it was self-pity. It was, it wasn't, it just wasn't right. And so, Jesus, I pray, grant right now, sweep across this room and grant the grace of confession and repentance of this thing, Lord. Or it could be many of these things, but I'm repenting. I'm turning from these sinful strongholds right now in the name of Jesus. Now, here comes Jesus, guys. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. And if you're ready, just tell them, you can pray this after me. Say, Father, I renounce these lies. Tell them, I renounce these lies, these sins, these strongholds. And tell them, I cast them to the feet of Jesus to be judged by Jesus. Come on. I cast these lies, these sins, these strongholds to the feet of Jesus to be judged by Jesus. Jesus, I pray, sweep this room with your presence. Just, just like, like, like you're cleaning up the mess. Come on, somebody. You're cleaning up the mess. You're cleansing the heart. You're cleansing the mind. You're renewing right now, Jesus. Your, your river, your river is in the house. And your river is flowing through this room. Now, this part is so important that it can't be missed. I was preaching in Oklahoma, and there was this woman who came up to me, and she said, Pastor, I don't want to offend you, so I'm just going to tell you, when you start preaching, I'm going to fall asleep. I was like, okay. And she says, I have narcolepsy, and, and I can't, I, I, I just can't help it. I'll, I'm just going to go off. I'm just going to, I'm going to go to sleep. And I listened to that, and, I, and something quickened in me, and I looked at her, like, like I couldn't believe it. I said, I said, sister, do you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Psalm 139. She goes, what? I said, I just heard that from the Lord to tell you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. She goes, I am? I said, yes, that's what the word says. I said, 
before I preach tonight, would you read Psalm 139 and then come back tonight? She said, yeah. She came back and looked out at her, the whole service, joy on her face. She didn't sleep the whole, the whole weekend. She didn't sleep the whole weekend. She, she got revelation, truth, come on, that replaced the lie, and it healed her of this narcolepsy. So, so I want you to close your eyes and say, Jesus, what is the truth? And listen to him right now. That's why we've got to take a moment. So whatever lie you've believed, you've renounced it, you've, you've repented of it, ask him now, Jesus, and he'll either quicken a verse, truth, or, or he'll just whisper to you something. And just tell him, I receive it. I receive it, Jesus. Let him reveal truth in your innermost being. Truth. Now, I want Jesus to take a moment. See, he's just walking around. He's whispering like, here's the truth about it. And man, when that truth comes, it explodes in your heart. <laughs> Come on. When you know the truth, what does it do? It sets you free. <laughs> So, Jesus, I'm asking you, every single person, you value everyone, let them hear the truth right now. Would you sing over them for just a minute as Jesus is releasing truth? Just, just let him speak truth in you for just a minute, and then we'll close praying for some healing. Amen. Come on, Jesus, just speak truth. Release your truth over this, this group, Lord. Jesus. So here's how the Lord's going to work. He, he may whisper that truth right now, and it's just burning in you. Your hearts are on fire. Sometimes what he does is on the way home, he starts releasing revelation to you. It may be in your devotions tonight. It may he may wake you up in the middle of the night and release truth in you, and you're like, oh, wow, this is it. Because he will not let you repent and renounce lies and not give you truth. Come on, he loves you too much. Right? He came to free us from prison to set us free, to, to deliver us from the oppressions. And so he will not fail you to release truth in you. And so would you just say this, Father, I receive the truth. I receive the truth in place of the lie. I receive the truth. Even if I don't even know what it is yet, I receive the truth of your word in place of the lie. Place your truth in, 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 in our innermost being, Jesus. You delight to put your truth in the innermost place of our hearts. Now I want you to lay your hand on someone right there around you and all over this room and intercessors. Make sure your hands are on people. And now, how many 
How many with a show of hands, there's something in the physical realm you need Jesus to do? Lift up your hand if there's something you need healed of, freed from. Yeah, you need healing. Okay, so especially those whose hands are lifted, make sure you just, you're agreeing. You can put your hand down. Father, come on, we just pray. Whatever the need is tonight, release your healing power in this room. Release your, come on, let's cry out. Release your healing touch in bodies, in minds. Touch knees tonight. Touch backs tonight. Touch eyes. Touch ears. Touch throats. Touch hearts. Touch lungs. Touch inner places of people right now, Jesus. Touch emotions. Touch minds right now that are assaulted with with all kinds of, of attacks on the mind. Touch minds right now and bring healing in the minds. Come on, break off anxiety. Come on, break off depression. Break off anxiety. Break off depression in the name of Jesus, we pray. We pray, Lord, heal people of mental illness tonight. Heal minds tonight. Make minds whole, God. Come on, let's sing that out loud. Jesus. 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 Release your touch. Release your touch. Release your touch. Release your touch, Jesus. from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, the river of his love. Come on, just drink it up right now. The river of his mercy. Just respond to his touch right now. Let your river flow, Jesus. Let your river flow, Jesus. Wow. I was just in... Um, Kentucky and I shared this kind of message and a man identified some lies and some agreements. He came down and he 
he confessed him. He renounced him. And he said as he was walking back, this is about it. Like he had some kind of trauma on his shoulder. And he, he, this is how he, he basically was, just like this. And his wife leaned over and said, hey, why don't you lift up your hand? And he couldn't do this. And as soon as that, he was free from the oppression of the enemy, he just lifted up his hand and his whole, everything was healed. So I believe that tonight. Amen. I believe that same Jesus is in this room. He's touching through each other's touch right now. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus, thank you. Can we just begin to thank him? Even, even before, like if, you, if there's things you'll have to check out and see if they're healed yet, just thank him in advance. Can we praise him? Just, just come on. Let's give him a shout. Come on. Let's give him a shout, church. Hallelujah. Come on, someone. Just shout victory. 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 Victory, Jesus. Victory. Come on. May the janitorial service here, may they come in and clean up all the lies. May they come and have to sweep up all the lies and throw them away. Amen? So here's my last word to you. Listen to Jesus right now as you're heading out and and just do the next thing. Do the next thing Jesus tells you to do. Amen? Just say, Jesus, I'm going to do the next thing you tell me to do. Don't disobey because it's in that step of obedience that God begins to release a lot of his healing power. Amen? In his mercy. Amen. God bless you. Let me turn it back over to one of the leaders. Again, let's give Jesus a big hand of praise. He's so faithful. <laughs> praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Corey. Let's give it up for Pastor Corey tonight. I want to invite you to our prayer gathering tomorrow night where Pastor Corey will be leading us in prayer tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Monday night. Amen. Be blessed in Jesus' name. And we'll see you next week.